Come, uh, Holy Spirit, and take this message and penetrate our hearts in a really healthy way. Help us to line our lives up with the uh, instruction of your word. Help us to hear what you really want us to be doing and how you want us to be living. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I think a lot of us practice a thing called selective obedience. Selective obedience. I, I think of this Let series and Colossians chapter three and, and verse number 13, where it says, let, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And some of us look at that and, and say, yeah, I like that one. I, I think it would be really neat to have lots of peace in my life. So um, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll let the peace of God rule in my heart. Selective obedience. Uh, then we get to a portion like the one we looked at last weekend, 2 Corinthians 7 and verse number 1. Let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement and impurity. And we say, uh, uh, not so sure about that one. I like, I like some of the things I do. I know, Lord, you're not that fond of them, but I like them. So we have selective obedience. We choose areas we're going to do what scripture says. And we kind of leave the other ones off on the edge. Colossians 4 verse 6, let your speech always be gracious, full of grace. And we say, yeah, I'll, I'll do that one. Because I think if I'm a nice guy, people will like me and I want people to like me. So I'm in. I'm in God. And then right after that, he says, uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, which means you're actually going to have to get into this and get to know what it says. And you say, nah, I don't want to give up big brother to read the Bible. Selective obedience. We kind of choose where we're going to dive in and, and choose the things we think we can make optional. I uh, kind of battled with the Lord this week about the portion I'm preaching tonight because... I'm not sure this is one of those portions we really want to obey. And I'd rather not be the one who has to talk to you about it. But then I remembered that God has called me 
to preach the word, whether I want to do it or not, and I really don't have the option of selective obedience. So we're gonna dive into a portion tonight that some of you are gonna probably say, I don't like that, or, or maybe at least say, I like the verse, I just don't like the way Pastor John's explaining it. Um, Really, these lets, so this is our ninth let now. Let this happen, do this, let the, give God permission to do it. This is really the working out of how the Lord taught us to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. This is really working that out. Let the kingdom come in these areas. Let God rule, let God reign in these areas. Your kingdom come in my appetite for your word. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done. Let the peace of God rule on. Let the kingdom of God come in our hearts. So, the next let, Romans chapter 13. Follow uh, me as I read uh, the first seven verses, but then we'll zero in primarily on verse one. Romans 13, verse number one. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that have been, uh, those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who's in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For the same reason, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. Quite, uh, quite the instruction here. Romans 13, verse 1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Paul wrote uh, this book it's estimated in 66 AD. Nero was uh, the emperor in Rome at that time. 
may have to go backwards and get that slide up. But Nero was the emperor at that time, the fifth uh, emperor of, of Rome. Let me tell you a little bit about that guy. Uh, hit the first, hit the next, click on the slide. Seduced married women and young boys. Castrated and married a male slave. Keep going, please. Murdered innocent people at random. Murray, uh, murdered his own mother, matricide, which was considered the worst possible thing you could do in, in Roman culture. Persecuted Christians. Paul is uh, martyred about two years after he wrote this under Nero's leadership. Peter the Apostle, same story. Senate declared him a public enemy. Uh, one more click, I think. And in the end, he took his own life. Why, why do I share all that information? <laughs> this wasn't a... Uh, born-again evangelical pastor who was leading Rome when Paul wrote this. This, this guy was nasty. This guy was nasty. And yet, in that environment, Paul writes... Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. There's no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God. So here, here, here's my perspective. I believe that verse. I, I, I don't feel like I have the option of selective obedience. I, I don't feel like I can go in here and cut this verse out. Because I don't like the present president or the present prime minister or the previous prime whatever. Civil disobedience is not being recommended here, friends. And then I have to add, <laughs> but it isn't always wrong. But it isn't always wrong. Um, Father and son, the truant man, come on up here and help me for a minute. I know I haven't got your permission, but you're going to be on TV and YouTube, so you'll love every minute of it. Come on right up here. Um, Donna said that again. Well, yes, this again. Head, head over there, Luke. Pick that up. Now, you grab the very end there and start walking just a little bit. 
I have said this here at least a dozen times, I'm sure. Most of us don't do Bible well because we're not willing to grapple with that. Go a little further apart. With the reality that you respect your dad, brother. Okay, good. With the reality that truth is in the tension. And I believe with all of my heart, we're supposed to be subject to the authorities. But then (laughs) I also know that there's sometimes when it's really wrong to be subject to the authorities. And the only way we can handle Scripture well is if we're willing to grapple with the middle, which tells us the truth is in the tension. And friends, tonight I'm calling you to deal with some tension. Now you've got two options here. See which one of you can hurt the other or walk towards each other. Okay. Oh, I've never had it done that way before. (laughs) Bless you, thank you. So remember what I just read to you. Romans chapter 13, especially verse number one. And now let me take you to another portion of Scripture, Acts chapter 5, and show you that sometimes we have to live in some tension in life. An angel shows up in Acts chapter 5 and uh, has a message for the apostles, Acts chapter 5, and... uh, Verse number 20, the angel of the Lord shows up and says, go stand, uh, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of life. So the apostles, Peter in particular, uh, receives an angelic visitation that tells him he's supposed to go stand in a temple and speak to people all the words of, the, of life. He was already in jail for having done it. Um, the angel walks him out of the prison and the court of the day uh, brings them in and the priest who was the court says, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name. Yet here you filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. We told you not to teach. And you keep on doing it. Verses 27, 28. Verse number 29. Peter and the apostles answered... We must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. Interesting. 
So the story uh, goes on in verse number 40. Uh, when they refused to stop preaching, they called the apostles before them again after having a big discussion of what to do, and they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they've been in prison, they've been beat, and again they're told not speak in the name of, of Jesus, let them go. And what did they do? Verses 41 and 42. They left the presence of the council, the apostles, Peter and the gang, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Hmm. Be subject to the governing authorities. We ought to obey God rather than man. And we're caught in the middle and we have to be willing to grapple with the tension. And it's the unwillingness of Christians to grapple with the tensions of Scripture that creates a whole bunch of unbalanced Christians. It's the unwillingness of Christians to grapple with the tension that creates a whole lot of unbalanced Christians. So let me spend a bit of time distilling the truth of Romans chapter 13 and Acts chapter 5 and uh, maybe give us some take-home points from these two passages. Uh, first take-home point in uh, distilling uh, these two, some principles from these two passages. Number one, the believer's default position should be one of submission to authority. That should be your default position. The believer's default position should be one of submission to authority. Romans chapter 13, verse one, already looked at it. Let every person, let it happen, let it happen be subject to the governing authorities. Uh, why is that? Daniel chapter uh, two, uh, verses 20 and tw first half of 21, uh, Daniel is talking about uh, the authorities that are there and Daniel answers and says, blessed be the name of God forever and ever to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons, he removes kings and he sets up kings. The truth of the matter is God is actually the one in charge. God is actually the one who is in charge and some political party may think they got elected because they had better candidates or they spent more money or made better speeches. But God sets these things up. And we need to recognize <laughs> that even when there's a Nero in place, 
Paul says, hey, be subject. Be subject. I like this quote from John Yoder, who's a Mennonite, uh, and he's getting credit for this. The truth of the matter is I've read Martin Luther saying something similar to this 500 years earlier, but John Yoder says this, the conscientious objector who refuses to do what his government asks him to do but still remains under the sovereignty of that government and accepts the penalty which it imposes is being subordinate even though he's not obeying. So there's a tension here uh, in verse number 13 that I think brings some clarity to it. We tend to read this and it says, this is what we think it says, let every person obey the governing authorities. That's not what the word, what's being said here. It says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. So there's a, uh, we can go back to that last quote, sorry, still yet. Um, there, the, the tension here is recognizing, part of, the, part of the solution is recognizing the difference between obeying and being subject. Um, there are times when we need to take a stand uh, that is contrary to what the government is asking us to do. Um, but if you do that, you also have to be still in a place of submission to them and subject to them where you accept the penalties that come with having taken that position. Acts chapter 5, where do the apostles end up for continuing to preach? In jail, being beaten, and are they grumbling? No. They're under subjection to the government. Uh, but they're still obeying what God has asked them to do. Second observation. Uh, because there's a clear command from God to be in subjection to civil authorities, the general rule is that there must be a clear command from God if you're going to disobey. So on what basis do the apostles go out there and keep preaching? Well, an angel shows up and says... Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. If you're going to go contrary to what is clearly written in Scripture, Romans chapter 13, verse 1, you have to have some really clear instruction from God uh, that is asking you to do that. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, wrote this, and he ended up giving his life um, for uh, his uh, position, but he observed that the government's demand for obedience, is this, how he, is this is how we saw it, is unconditional, qualitatively total, extending to conscience and bodily life. We as Christians have a duty to obey up to the point where the government forces us into direct violation of the divine commandment. He says we obey until we're doing something that God has clearly told us not to do. 
If government oversteps its task at some point by making itself lord over the faith of the church community, then at this point it's indeed, it, it is indeed our right or our responsibility uh, to uh, be disobeyed for the sake of conscience and for the sake of the Lord. So uh, Bonhoeffer uh, stood up for what he believed was the rights of the church. Uh, during the Holocaust, Hol Holocaust, during the Second War, and it cost him his life. Uh, third observation, and this I think is the one that I think we really need to get on our hearts. The attitude of Christians must be right on those occasions when they feel compelled by conscience to disobey the government. Attitude matters. Attitude matters. Romans chapter 13, verse 2. Let me read it to you out of, first of all, the extend, expanded Bible. Romans chapter 13, verse 2. So those who are against the government rebel, resist the authority, are really against resisting, opposing what God has commanded, ordained, instituted, and they'll bring punishment, judgment on themselves. Notice what word is being used there. Rebellion. Rebellion. You say, well, that's expanded Bible. They say whatever they want to say. Well, <laughs> let's just go to something kind of simple that many of you at one point owned and some of you maybe even are looking at now or carried to church, New International Version. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. Bible doesn't say nice things about rebellion. Bible describes rebellion as being like witchcraft. We do not want to be rebellious people. And our attitude matters. And friends, my observation would be we underestimate the importance of attitude. You can do the right thing with a terrible attitude and God's displeased with you, he's displeased with me. And you can kind of fall into the wrong thing but have a good attitude about it and maintain the favor of God in your life. The attitude of our heart really, really matters. What do we learn from Jesus? John chapter 18 and verse number 36. John chapter 18 and verse number 36. Uh, he's, uh, he's on the way to the cross. And he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not of this world. I think, friends, a lot of us are mixed up, myself included, many, many times, because I act like this is the kingdom I belong to. This is not my kingdom. This is not my kingdom. So if it's not my kingdom, why am I fighting about all kinds of things that aren't in my kingdom? 
Let that kingdom do what it wants to do. Jesus could have called 10,000 angels and avoided the cross. But this isn't his kingdom. Peter thinks he's going to fight a bit so Jesus doesn't have to experience some of the pain of this world. And so we read, uh, next verse coming up, please. Matthew chapter 26, verse 52. After he chopped the servant's ear off, put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Friends, sometimes we are fighting when we shouldn't be fighting. Sometimes we're fighting when we shouldn't be fighting because this kingdom is not our kingdom. We're of a different kingdom, friends. We're of a different kingdom. The apostles took their lashes and rejoiced. Paul's in jail and uh, led a lot of guards to the Lord because what did they see in him? They saw a sweetness and a kindness and a gentleness. Everybody else complains all night. Apostles sing hymns. Romans chapter 13, verse 7. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Uh, Attitude matters here, friends. Attitude matters so much. And, and, and the truth that I, that I want to, and, and I'm going to wind up now. The truth I want us to understand is that as Christians, we're not arrogant people. We're not quarrelsome people. We're not people who have to have our own way to be happy. We take up our cross every single day. We're not people who go around flaunting our rights. They're taking my freedom away! We're not power-seeking people. We are marked by humility and meekness and grace and tenderness because we're part of a completely different kingdom. (laughs) And we don't spend our time all flustered and worried about what's happening in a kingdom that's not really where we belong anyhow. And so if it doesn't matter, because it's not our kingdom, unless they're asking us to violate biblical truths, 
we uh, find the place we normally land, our default position to be one of submission to authority. I got more points, but I'm going to quit. Uh, worship band, come along. There's tension in this subject. I get it, friends. I get it. Is it verse 5 or verse 6 in Romans chapter 13 where Paul says it's a matter of conscience? It's a matter of conscience. Thank God. I think we've made it through COVID. Hopefully. Sure we have. But can I make an observation here? And thank God this church walked through it very maturely. I bless you. But I think a lot of Christians felt it was their responsibility to be somebody else's conscience. Nobody's asked you to do that. Nobody's asked you to do that. <laughs> you get alone with God and find out what he's asking you to do. You get alone with God and find out what he's asking you to do. And you obey him. And if somebody else, for some reason, seems to get a different answer, guess what? They're not your servant. They're his servant. Let him handle it. Let him handle it. So, selective obedience. Selective obedience. I haven't done this portion justice, I understand that. But I do know that God's heart and God's desire for us is to find this place that his son found where he just says, Father, I trust you. Your will be done. Your kingdom come.